So this, this chunk of scripture has this little sentence, the spirit of the, of the Lord is upon me for, and then everything else is just explaining why the spirit is on Jesus. The spirit came on Jesus for five things, to bring the good news to the poor, proclaim, proclaim captives will be released, blind will see, oppressed set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The time of the Lord's favor is what Leviticus 25 talks about as the year of Jubilee. Every 50 years, every 50 years, it doesn't matter what you've gotten yourself into. If you've lost your land, if you've become a slave, if you've messed up royally, every 50 years, God's divine reset button where we reinstall the operating system and we go back to normal, back the way God designed, every 50 years. And Jesus is saying, now that I'm here, everything gets permanent jubilee. It's permanent jubilee in the kingdom Jesus brings, where captives are set free, debts are canceled, sins are forgiven, sick are healed, demonized are delivered, and justice wins. All right. With that in mind, I would like you to welcome friend of our house, member of our house, daughter of our house, anointed voice on this topic that I've just sort of introduced. Nikki Gonzalez, Standard Gateway. Welcome. Okay. Uh, I'm always more nervous, like when my dad comes and I'm speaking, I get way more nervous. So I feel the same way here now with my family. When Tim asked me to speak, and I had just come across someone calling me a radically compassionate person, and um, someone had had told another guy, you need to meet her, because she's she's just what you're talking about, radical compassion. And so I had never really thought about that, and I hadn't uh, thought of myself that way. And so I started looking into that, and and started realizing that I think sometimes we sit in church and we feel we feel kind of good, you know, we're not where they are, and, and we don't realize that radical compassion saved every one of us. Um, so we need to just remember that God had radical compassion for each one of us that are sitting here today. Um, and in the same way, he wants us to take it This is our filling station. We're getting filled up here. This is a wonderful place to be each week, but it doesn't stop here. It doesn't just sit here. You just don't get to keep being filled up and filled up. You take it out and you share his radical compassion with everyone that you meet, everyone that's out there. And for me, that looks um, a little different than the grocery store line. Uh, It's with Co-Purple. I think I think everyone here knows what that is, but it's the um, shelter that we open up when the temperatures fall below 32 degrees, and someone may not know it, so I'll say it. We have it right here at our church. Um, Every night that we're open, the women are in the basement, and for December, the men are in the fellowship hall, and they sleep here. They eat here. um, They get love here. That's the most important part. Um, when I, when I see Psalm 139, 13 through 14, for you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My no, my soul knows it well. And I, I just think that so many times 
when we see people, we only see this outward stuff going on. We only see the crisis, and we only see the symptoms. And, and then I read this, and I think this is not just for us. We weren't the only ones knitted together in our mother's womb. Everybody that you come across is special to God. Every single person that is out there, every drug addict, every sex offender, every prostitute, every... Um, homeless person that somehow people get mixed up with thinking that all of them are criminals. I mean, everybody that, I don't like the term least of these, but that that's kind of what the world sometimes classifies. They were created too. You can't look at the outside. You have to look at them through Psalm 139. They are created uniquely by God as one of his children. They are loved by him. They might have never known that fact. Um, Tammy spoke one one weekend, and it just it just clicked for me um, that they were God's first. He created them, and then they're born. And then for some reason, they, they lose their connection. They don't hear their father's voice anymore. And that be, could be because they weren't raised to know the father's voice. Maybe their parents didn't know the father's voice. Um, hurts and... and, and um, Really bad stuff can happen to you, you know, in childhood. And, and there's so many things that disconnect us from God. And so, but if I've been praying this a lot lately, I, I think I've always felt this way. Obviously, I was created for a purpose, and I'm walking in my purpose. And so the Lord has just been teaching me that we've got to start looking at every person as the wonderful creation that God made. He has a purpose. He just wants us to come alongside these people and say, hey, you have a great father. He loves you so much. Let me tell you about him. Let me tell you what he did for us. Let me tell you my Jesus. And and so when we have Code Purple, that's our ultimate goal. Our, our, our first and foremost, we want to save you for the night so you don't freeze to death. But our ultimate goal is to bring Jesus to people. And we've been talking a lot about toxic charity um, in kind of the circles that, that I talk in. Um, a lot of people can give a lot of stuff. And I'm not saying that's always wrong. Um, but when you, when you start having the transaction piece where I'm only giving clothes and I'm only giving food, it's all Band-Aids. I'm telling you, it might keep you alive for a day, but your soul is still dead. Because without Jesus, there is no true healing and there's no transformation. So we have the transaction piece that goes with Co Purple, um, but then we're sowing those seeds. We're constantly loving people, and we're we're forming relationships because there are moments when, um, like on Shift Destiny, you can go door to door. Hi, how are you? Here's um, the bread of a uh, uh, loaf of bread. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? I mean, those are outreach missions where that's an instantaneous thing that you ask. Code Purple is more of a relationship building, um, get to know you. There, there's a, a lot of crisis and chaos involved with Code Purple because um, the guys that come to us have usually burnt every bridge. There's usually no one left. They may have no family. Um, and so they they are at the bottom. I mean, there's no easy fix for 99% of them. Um, so it takes a lot of walking alongside. It takes a lot of... Um, time and commitment and love. It takes a lot of love. (laughs) 
Um, so radical compassion does not, there's a misconception sometimes that I'm a bleeding heart and radical compassion does not mean enabling or condoning anything someone does. Um, that's, that's just not how it works. We have boundaries in Code Purple, just like I believe the Lord has boundaries for us. He puts up that fence. He's like, you know, I don't think you want what's on the other side. But, you know, sometimes we go to the fence, we jump right over the cliff, and we end up hurting ourselves or others. So we have the same thing in place for Code Purple. We have um, loving boundaries, um, just like you wouldn't let your kid go play in the street. You know, this is it's the same concept. So radical compassion says, I love you. It says, Jesus loves you. God is a good, good father. I've really been um, taking in and absorbing the fact that we have got to stop telling the world that there was a God who killed his son so that he, it it is a, it is a, a, you have to think differently. Um, I I don't explain things well. I'm not a theologian. I read it and I'm like, yes, that's true. I'm more of the live it out um, with people kind of person. (laughs) And um, that's how how I've been learning most of of what I've learned. Um, Tim asked me when when before I spoke, how did I get to this place? How how did Nikki Gonzalez get to be where she's at? Well, through a lot of tears, a lot of heartache, and a lot of molding by God, a lot of um, you know letting God be the one leading, stop taking control. I don't know how many of you know, this is a way different church than when I started here when I was 15 years old. I've been here a long, long time. And um, so many of you may not know my story. I won't go into everything. But I believe my radical compassion started being learned when I was 15. I was in a very, very uh, hard time in my life. I had a lot of childhood trauma. I had... um, you know, stepfather, I had, I mean, he's wonderful. I love him, but that's a lot for a girl to handle. Um, just a a lot of things that created a lot of outward symptoms that did not look pretty. And I was very rebellious and, um, you know, just wanted to hurt everybody, but I only ended up hurting myself. So, um, when I was 15, my parents got saved. That was, radical and because we hadn't really lived any any church life and so 15 going from public school to Greenwood Mennonite school that was quite a change and especially back then if you know what it was like back then it was it was different um so I but you know what I you know what I found here and I found in Greenwood Mennonite school was radical compassion Um, back then Gerald Yoder was the principal and he loved me. He never kicked me out of school. I couldn't be bad enough for him to kick me out of school. And, um, (laughs) I tried, (laughs) but he loved me. He, he loved me. Clinton Yoder loved me. I remember one time Clinton wrote me a letter and it touched a piece of my heart that I didn't want anyone to touch. And I cried, and I, I crumpled that letter, and I threw it, and I was like, that's stupid. Because I didn't want to feel, you know, I didn't want to feel like someone loved me at that point. And so they all looked past all the bad stuff I was doing, and they saw the girl who was broken. Not everybody. There was always, there's always going to be some people that are like, stay away from my kid because you're a bad kid. But, um, 
And I get it now as a parent. Like, I, I get it. You know, I get what they, where they're coming from. But um, so, so I started learning radical compassion without knowing it when I was 15 years old because people loved me beyond my, beyond my symptoms. There's always a root. There's always more to the story for people. You can never just hear the, the beginning of the story and say, oh, well, you just need to get it together. There's always a root. There's usually always a hurt. And, um, and d- people fill those, those voids. They, they try to medicate those hurts in, in many various ways. Um, promiscuity, drug addiction, alcohol. I mean, you name it, shopping, food. I don't, it, it can be anything, anything that makes them feel better. So um, when, when we start looking at people, and I've really prayed that the Lord always let me see beyond everything. As, I want to I be this way instantly. I want to instantly see somebody that comes in as a child of God. I don't want to see their addiction. I don't want to see any of that. And I, I just want to instantly see the, um, the wonderful creation that he made them to be. And, um, and I, I know that there are families who tried and tried and tried. And I'm not negating that fact at all. That there's a point where people closest to you have to say, I can't do this anymore. And that's where I think we can fill those needs for families that just can't do it anymore. I, I mean, there is so, there's so much that goes on um, in people's lives when they're in crisis. And, and people, you know, families walk alongside people for a long time because just because a mom drops off her son to co purple doesn't mean she doesn't love him anymore. It means that she loves him enough to say, here, you know, I, I think this may be helpful. We, we're, not, we're not communicating anymore. We're not able to, to fix this, you know, and they reach out for help. And so I, I like thinking that we are the piece that God is using to help other families or mothers or wives or whoever it may be. We had a man in um, Co Purple last year who had um, started drinking again, and his family could not let him stay there anymore. Uh, and he had a wife and, and two daughters. And so he came to Co Purple, and he got um, back in sync with God. He he was talking to one of our volunteers every night, doing Bible study, and he really was just just re. Um, filling himself and, and connecting back with God. And now he's back reuni- reunited with his family. And um, he, he, I think they own half a restaurant now. So, so there are success stories like that um, where we can just be a safe haven for a moment for someone who needs just that, that extra help um, for the moment. So anyway, we, um, when, when I started learning radical compassion, I never thought that I would end up in homeless ministry, never on my radar. What started it all was a trip to 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 Miami with Tammy um, to go to to strip church to learn how to go to the um, strip clubs and minister to the women there. Um, when I came back, it just snowballed into where we're at now. Um, we we don't do much of that because we have one club in Sussex County and maybe one in Kent County, so it's not real um, conducive to going in. But the Lord set me free from all panic attacks, all anxiety. Um, I wasn't sleeping before I left, um, but I got on that plane. Tammy prayed me through it, and um, I came back, and that was his little blessing to me because I didn't expect to be set free from panic or anxiety. I didn't even know it until a week after I got back, and I was like, 
I've slept every night. I haven't woken up. I haven't called the hospital because I think I'm dying of a heart attack. I haven't had one since then. How, how many years ago was that? Three, three years. So, um, so I, I believe that the Lord, um, you know, he, he likes obedience. He rewards obedience. And, and I, I was obedient in going and getting on that plane because I did not want to get on that plane. Um, so then we, I end up seeing a, a help asking for help for, um, distributing food at one of our local centers. And so I said, oh, I can do that. I can go and, you know, give, give food for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I can do that. So I go, um, to the center and I meet a lot of people. I meet some homeless people. I meet people with, with, um, just in poverty and then, I saw Soul Ministries on this Facebook page, and I said, oh, I want to do that. I want to go out on the streets, and I want to feed homeless people. And so um, they said, sure, meet us down to uh, Halo. So they were in the parking lot, and they did not expect a Mennonite girl with purple hair. And (laughs) they were like, you're – and I was like, yes. And um, so – that just started a couple winters of feeding homeless um, on the streets of Salisbury, which Dawn still goes down and does faithfully. Um, I would I miss that part of it, but I know that this part is good too. I get to feed them and everything. I just don't have to stand out in the cold like you do. <laughs> but me and Dawn um, work together on the streets and in the woods. We went to tents and. I mean, I love it. I love being out there. I love hanging out. I love hearing their stories. Um, And then I ended up at a grassroots meeting about starting a Code Purple. Kent County had done Code Purple for a couple years before us. And then um, so some people said, we need that here. You know, we we have this need. And so another woman was supposed to be the director. It wasn't working out. And then Susan Kent says, well, ask Nikki Gonzalez. She'll do it. I guess because I had purple hair. And uh, so she, um, I I said yes. I didn't know what I was saying yes to. I had no idea how to run a shelter. I was just doing what I thought was the next step. Me and June, we talked about it. We prayed about it. um, And we didn't realize that just because you say yes to God, you know, we thought, oh, it'll just be smooth, right? I mean, we're saying yes to God. And so we had a lot of um, kinks to work out. We had some really rough times. And I like to tell the story that um, changed. It really was a catalyst. It really started changing him. He was used to a stay-at-home mom, never leaving, always taking care of the house, the children, and everything, And um, which I did not mind doing. I love that. And so I was gone twice a week. That was an adjustment, two nights a week. Um, I was in the woods with tents with homeless guys. You know, it was a little sketchy in his brain, like my wife's out here. She's in danger. And um, and then opening the shelter um, really was way different than we thought. I ended up becoming like a mom to everyone. And um, so we... It took a lot more time than I thought. And so June ended up um, having to go one night after I was like, that's it, I'm done. I, I'm not doing this anymore. We're not fighting anymore. I, I, if this is what it, it means, I, I'm done. And so um, he ended up opening the shelter not too long after that because I got sick. And he came home and he apologized. He said, I understand now. And so now he's my right-hand man. He picks up people, gives them rides. He 
does all of my heavy lifting, not all of it, but I wish. Um, <laughs> and um, so, so now we're at a place where we're, we're in this together. It was not easy. It was not clean and neat and tidy with a bow. Um, but it's been good. It's been fulfilling. We love our guests. We um, have relationships for years now, uh, going on three years of people calling me, hey, Miss Nikki, I'm doing good, I'm in a rehab, I'm back with my kids, and I mean, I have many, many children out there that just um, call and keep up. Some are still in need, and we're working with them, but that, that it, o- it only takes getting to know someone. It only takes looking beyond their symptoms. It only takes... Um, saying, you are a child of God, and let me help you, let me tell you. Some don't want to hear right away, that's fine, but um, you, keep, you keep telling, you keep being the light. If they don't want to hear it, you just be the light. You don't have to always thump somebody over the head with a Bible, it doesn't usually work. So um, the, the transaction piece of Code Purple becomes the opening of the door that leads to the transformation that God does. We don't do it, God does it. So we only have to be willing, we have to be open, and it might mean that I don't get to sit home and watch TV every night. So what? It's okay. So I I just encourage everybody to find what God's calling you to do. I wish it were Code Purple for all of you. I really do. But it's probably not. And, um, you know, and even if if you don't know, just come hang out at Code Purple. Come hang out for one night. Come eat dinner. It, it's, it will be a game changer. Once June really started to know the guys, and it changes your heart. You have to be touched by people in order to change your views. You can't just look from afar and be like, mm, I'm not sure about you. I see what you're doing. Mm. You can't do that. Just get to know people. Talk to people. Anybody, anywhere that you see. Anybody that you think isn't good enough. Get to know them. I bet you'll change your mind about them quickly. So that's about all I have. I know we, it's 12 o'clock, I can barely see. <laughs> yeah. The... Hey, June, get up here. I want to ask you some questions too. <laughs> or please, sir, if you would like. He's bossy. Okay, so I, I, I do have some questions, but okay. How do we do ministry as a family Instead of doing ministry away from my family. Well, I have to say, you know, our girls are here every night. I mean, my girls, you probably saw it on Facebook, they're pretending to be homeless because they just want to know more about it. They wanted to know how it felt. So they went out, they went in the cold. Um, my kids love it. They serve. We all serve together. Not my oldest two, but um, we all definitely serve together. They, they love it. I don't know how you make it happen. You just do it. Yeah, yeah. She's she's the the heart, and I'm like she said, I'm the muscle. Um, well, I don't know, muscle. But whenever she needs something, I I, I try to be there. So um, even yes. if it means giving up a football game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a uh, um, once like she said once you um, come to Co Purple and get to talk to the to the guys and get to know them. Um, it's hard not to want to um, do something and, and help out. I had uh, my cousin, he's uh, last, last year, the year before, last year, he came a couple nights and he told me that when, when he went home and took a shower, he broke out because he was like, 
how, what, like, I don't deserve this. I'm in my house taking a shower, and there's somebody out there in the cold. Amen. And, it, it, and ever since then, he's, like, been coming over, and he'll help out and talk with the guys and stuff like that. So it does really change your view on, on um, you know, on other people. So You'll never be the same. Yeah. You'll never think the same. How do you stay encouraged? Um, I mean, the Lord's always filling me. The Lord is always talking to me. But I'm telling you, just being with the people is encouragement. I mean, they, they're they thankful. They're loving. Um, we've, we've always, <laughs> like, before all this, even when we were living in a trailer park, um, barely making ends meet, we had people that, we had a friend of ours that got fighting with uh, her boyfriend, and they lived over her parents' house and got kicked out. So they moved so into our trailer, about. into our trailer, which at two the time bedroom. only two bedroom, and we had kids. <laughs> but we kind of moved the kids, and I think they slept yeah, in the room. Yeah. So we, we've always, um, I don't know, just the Lord had, was, has always been molding us yeah, into this. Yeah. And you need to tell them about the note. That you did in high school, um, or that? I, yeah, just I mean, I I did at one point, and I don't remember it, but I was like, oh, I think I'm going to help the homeless, or I was going to write a paper on the homeless, or something, and I don't ever remember saying that, or so God was putting it in my heart, you know, He was, He was, He was slowly tucking it away. I was, yeah, I didn't remember that until I saw it when I got out old high school stuff. So, <laughs> so let me let me follow up on that. So you're actually saying that you would be more susceptible to discouragement if you weren't walking in this calling. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This is encouraging. God is teaching me about himself by the way I tell people how he feels. You know, does that make sense? I've heard it said this way, that we're called to preach the gospel to the poor because it's through the poor that we understand for the first time the gospel. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So that's encouraging. I mean, I, I've grown more love being taught, love learning, but I've grown more doing than yeah. sitting here and, and listening. So. All right, a few more questions. What can we as your church family do both to support you as a couple in your calling in this ministry, but also like what can we just, what can, what's your dream for how Gateway, okay, enough? Is that yeah, question? yeah. I mean, definitely pray for us. It can get hard. I am physically exhausted right this second. Um, So also, I mean, this is not a gateway thing. This is a bride thing. The bride of Christ is supposed to be doing this. The bride of Christ are the hands and feet of Jesus. However, sometimes I have an immediate need, and if somebody could step up and do that, and you guys have been wonderful. I think we have a good good portion of you guys that help out. Um, but sometimes we still struggle because churches don't get it or they're scared. Um, but uh, it, I don't know. Just pray, and, and maybe if you see a need and you can meet it, which you guys do. You guys do pretty well. Um, I know. <laughs> Could we see more? Yeah, I guess. Um, and I just encourage you all to come out. Just, I mean, yeah. really, I would love to see you guys come out and just hang out for the night. I, I would, that would really encourage me. Even if you don't get involved every night, yes. Yes, for right now, yeah. So here at 7 o'clock, hang out, eat dinner. That would be a, a big encouragement. It's people's service. <laughs>
Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, I believe that. What would you see as an encouragement for us? No. <clears throat> Amber was saying that it's interesting that it was when Nikki stepped into serving others that some of the issues that she was wrestling and struggling with suddenly just broke off of her without her focusing on them. That it's that it's that it's as we sort of as kind of like you know the as the lepers went. They were healed as they obeyed Jesus' instruction. As they went, they were healed. Okay. I want to... Did you have one more thing? No, I don't. Do you have anything? Okay. Yes. Um, about encouragement. What I would love to see my dream... I got a memory when uh, we first started working under uh, Jack and Jay Strader. Um, Jack and Kay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, on the, when they were doing a vacation Bible school, and when they were in charge, we came underneath of them. And uh, when we had to set up and they asked for volunteers, like the whole church was there. And that was just so awesome when, you know, the whole church comes together and wants to help out. So, you know, I would like to see that, that again. Um, like I said, uh, I've given up football. Um, fishing, and I love like I love fishing. But you know, I me mean, if she needs me, I will give everything and set it to the side to come out and 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 help out. And I always pray that that God will keep me humble, you know, and just um Sorry. always just care about others. Are you guys picking up what he's throwing down? You, they're being so nice. So I'm going to try to make it as clear as I can. What I'm hearing you guys say is, even though this is for the whole body of Christ, not just Gateway, you would, what you're craving is the feeling that because Gateway is the home family, there be um, the commitment to, to do the inconvenient, impractical, sacrificial thing, even though we don't want to. There, I made it very explicit, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. And that's what you're craving is yeah. to see that not, you know, even though, you know, it's not necessarily everyone's calling to be, right. but it's, but they belong to us. Yeah. We want to support. Okay. In, in so many ways, you guys are like living out my core values for this church is I, I don't have a program driven vision for gateway. All right. Be quiet, Tim. Let's pray. Except, Reach a hand, let's pray for these two, and uh, afterward I would like you, if you're feeling called, Evelyn's like, I ain't lifting my hand that long, uh, <laughs> if you're feeling called to get involved, please talk to Nikki, she's always available, text her, call her, Facebook her, do something, don't, don't ignore that little tug of the Holy Spirit saying, you know what, I'm in the, you know what, I am, I am going to do inconvenient things that I don't want to do for Jesus. I'm going to do that thing I don't want to do. Okay. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that these two have been uh, 
journeying with you. God, I thank you. That's what I prayed before service, but I want to say it again. God, I thank you that you have established Nikki and June. There's, there's health here now that wasn't here even three years ago. There's health financially that wasn't here even three years ago because they're doing the faith thing and giving out of poverty and trusting you. And so the Lord's changed things. They're doing the service thing. They're doing the sacrifice thing. They're, they're stewarding these little practical areas. They're saying yes to Jesus's way of thinking, even though it's contrary to our American culture. It's even contrary and sometimes to just, you know, uh, let's just use the word Christianity. But it's your way, Jesus. And they're walking in this and you're establishing them. You're putting their foundations on stable places. They are, not, they are not tossed easily like they once were, but you are still building more foundations. And we declare over them, yes, we love what you're doing, and we ask Holy Spirit for more blessing. We ask for more wisdom. God, we ask for specific strategies to, to meet specific needs. We ask, Father, for more, even more faith that they can do what you've said, even though they can't do what you've said. We ask for even more faith, Father, that they can walk by faith, that they can do this work, they can walk on water, they can dream these dreams, because Holy Spirit, you, will, you, you are not bound, Father, by calculators and budgets. You are not bound, Father, by how many volunteers they see with their eyes. And Father, you, you are developing and you are crafting a couple that knows how to do God's work in God's way with God's resources. Holy Spirit, we invite you to work more in us as a congregation Shape us, Father, to know how to do what you're asking us to do and stop looking at the weather patterns to see if it's a favorable time to plant, if it's a favorable time to harvest. Holy Spirit, deliver us out of all those excuses. And we just speak over them the word, removing excuses. God, we ask that they would remove the excuses from your body so that we would walk in blessing. God, our excuses are keeping us from joy. Our excuses are, our, our excuses are keeping us, I don't even know what the words are I'm trying to pray here, but I ask that their life would remove excuses. We bless them. We are excited to see what you do through them. Thank you, God, that you're bringing a deeper understanding of what does it mean to show the compassion of Jesus. You're bringing a deeper clarity. What does it mean to speak the truth in love? What does it mean not to enable? What does it mean to genuinely love, to keep your love on strong enough that you become a discomforting presence in the presence of people, that they both comfort and discomfort people in the right ways, in the right seasons, in the right times? Thank you, God, that, they are, that you are training them to do what you say, even when it doesn't feel like it's working. You are training them in the secret place of prayer to draw encouragement from Abba, motivation from Abba, to live from the victory toward the problem, not, in li- not living in response to needs, but living in response to an overabundance of love from heaven, living in response to the surplus of grace Because Jesus is Lord. He's crucified. He's raised. He's reigning. He's returning. He's pretty cool, and I'm pretty sure he's got this. And God's people said, amen. Only a few hands left up after that lengthy prayer. I saw it. I turned around, and there was only two left. So, all right, let's get up and pray for the meal. Or don't. Stay. I I actually don't care if you stand or sit for the prayer for the meal. Father, thanks for this time. Thanks for your people. We ask for your blessing on the meal and the hands that have provided it, and the conversations that will happen around it. Give us 
grace this week to remember the things your spirit has been saying to us during this brief time together. And we just say yes to you, God. We just say yes. Amen.